So, all the votes have been counted, sorta, not really, eh. Enough, though, to say that you black people strongly feel that Orange Face got to get his ass up out of there, even though that doesn't even mean anything. Good day, good evening, my beautiful children of the sun. It's Amari Freeman here coming to you one more time with the No Cream, No Sugar podcast. In today's episode, we're going to get into the foolishness and mayhem that was November 3rd, what it means and what it never meant for us Black people. We're also going to dissect the Black delegation and how we take the phrase, we are not monolithic creatures, to a whole new fucking stratosphere. And last but certainly not least, it's Buy From A Black Woman Month. So I'll be highlighting some bomb-ass black women for you all to support for the rest of this month, the rest of this year, the rest of your life, because November shouldn't be the only month that you support beautiful, beautiful black women. So let's get into it, my sun-kissed children. But first, I have to share with you all my situation over here. So it's election tea, right? We're talking about blue tail and orange face, so it's only befitting that I drink something presidential. Berry, with an A is a well-balanced, sweet and fruity cup of Jamaicas with notes of berries and molasses. Portrait Coffee is a group of coffee roasters, black, might I add, with a coffee shop in the historic West End of Atlanta, or ATL as I like to, you know, because I'm an abbreviator of sorts. Their goal is to change the picture that comes to mind when you think of specialty coffee. And I am so elated for their efforts because you deserve to think of something other than green mermaids when you want a cup of coffee. So go ahead and grab yourselves a bag of beans, whole, at portrait.coffee. And while you're at it, get a little curious and order that Tony. That blend is delicious as well. They've also added a couple of new flavors that I myself haven't tried, but I can't wait to get my hands on. Let's get into the show. So the election is over. Praise base God, sweet baby Jesus, Casper the friendly Holy Ghost, because you black people have been out here acting like Biden and Harris is the best thing since Jesus on the third day. And I just, I just can't behold that land with y'all. Perhaps because I ultimately feel that black liberation, black freedom is not to be achieved in the House, the Senate, the Oval Office, the Supreme Court. None of those, those extensions of the system is the problem. The system is the problem. So I'm not really going to be too happy about anything other than blowing the shit the fuck up and hitting the reset button. I mean like a hard reset. I mean like you pop the button from your Super Nintendo, then you take the cartridge and you blow in that bitch reset. That is what I'm talking about. So while Miss Harris coming out on stage to Mary J. Blige tickled me pink and green and Orange Face's misery puts like a Grinch-like smile on my face, I'm just not going to sit out here and dance in the streets with y'all with no mask and pretend that there's a new day upon us. In fact, unpopular opinion, Trump is not the worst president you've ever seen, black people. I said what I said, okay? I can be a historical nerd from time to time. So let's take a little quick skim through these 46 presidents' resumes to see where they stack up against old orange face. Let's go. We got... Out of the first 16 presidents, 
12 of them are documented, keyword is documented, to have had slaves. Then you got old Lincoln here who, yeah, he set y'all free-ish, but he didn't really want y'all roaming around the country. He wanted to put y'all back on the boat and send y'all asses back to Africa. And as I say that out loud, I really don't think that was a bad idea. Then you got from Lincoln to Kennedy, about 18, 19-ish presidents who advocated, legislated, and judicated. What? Yes, I, I, I said that, judicated. Jim Crow, with the most infamous of this pocket being trash as Hoover. Kennedy gets more credit than he truly deserves. Johnson took the feds out on the Black Panther Party. I'm going to skip over the mediocre racism that is Carter and Nixon and go right to Reagan whose war on black people, I mean, drugs, war on drugs, we as a people are still recovering from decades later. Not only that, the pandemic of that time, he wouldn't even address. At least old orange face says coronavirus. Reagan wouldn't even say autoimmune deficiency syndrome, okay? We're gonna skip Bush one, cause Bush two was not to be outdone and go right to Bill Clinton, who you all thought was the coolest cause he got up on Arsenio and played the saxophone. When in reality, he was out here trying to prove to his constituents that he could be just as racist as the Republicans and was throwing your asses in jail at a higher rate than the Republicans were. And then let's go to Bush two, who let you niggas drown in the bayou. And then there was Barry, okay? I. I try to be delicate with my Barry criticism because I know how much he means to the black caucus, but you know, we got to have a come to Jesus moment, eight years and not one civil rights legislation. In fact, the legislation that was in there already got gutted. Now we can sit here and talk about the nuances and the setbacks that he had, but the reality is it happened on his watch shouting. So I have a problem with that. Then there's Orange Face, who I'm going to skip over briefly just to mention that Biden and Harris have their own history of anti-Black legislation. Now let's talk about Orange Face. Is he the most obnoxious racist in the White House? Eh, probably in a while. Is he the most outward racist you've seen? Eh, probably in a while. But he's certainly not the most racist president this country has ever seen. So let's let's stop living in a vacuum and, and address this from a more holistic perspective, which means black people that our work that we need to get done is completely independent of whoever is in the white house. I don't care if it's the Democrats. I don't care if it's the Republicans. I don't care if it's some random ass person trying to bring back the Whig party. Our work that we need to get done is freedom work. And that's separate from whichever political party is in power. Speaking of freedom work, there are three practices that I follow that I think you all should follow too. So I don't mind sharing them with you today. Number one, own your birthright to defend yourselves. I'm going to say that a little louder for the peace niggas in the back. Own your birthright to defend yourselves. Black people, where are your guns? Your knives, your machetes, your mojo bag, your, your, your bottle trees, some juju. What are you doing? Let me tell you something. Defenselessness is not a defense. And there is nothing noble about being a martyr. Go get your gun. Go get your knife. Have like seven machetes around the house. I personally have about 10. Take self-defense classes. Take martial arts classes. Take kickboxing classes. Whatever class that, that effectively teaches you how to kick some ass, take it. 
if violence makes you uncomfortable, that's totally understandable. I got some good, good friends that'll show you how to be more comfortable in defending yourself. Those episodes soon cometh because it is your birthright to inflict force when force is being inflicted upon you. Now, to be clear, what I am not suggesting is that we take these weapons and go on a violent war with the oppressor. We don't have the resources or the bodies for that type of fight. That is not what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is that this 100% peace approach we're taking, that ain't the business either. Again, I can be a historical nerd, so I'm skimming through the pages of time to try to find me a moment, an era, you know, A, B, B, C, whichever, that suggests that freedom was achieved purely by peace and not somebody catching some hands or receiving some bows. And I just can't, I'm, I don't know, maybe I don't have the right history books. Somebody please enlighten me. We need balance. Because this 100% peace approach we're doing, that's got us out here looking like open targets. And I can't. It is your birthright to defend yourselves. And don't let anybody, especially your oppressor, manipulate you into believing otherwise. Speaking of manipulation, let's get into practice two. Reclaim your stories. Reclaim your heroes. Mama Freeman used to say, when you let your murderer tell your story, They'll say you committed suicide. And as it stands at the moment, the oppressors are out here trying to convince you that MLK was like Gandhi, who was a racist, whose only speech he had ever wrote a day in his life was I have a dream. Jim Crow is some character from Looney Tunes. Slavery was an unpaid internship. And the Trail of Tears was a goddamn hiking trip. And the issue with these narratives is that while some of us may recognize them for the falsehoods that they are, many of us don't and take these stories to heart and craft misguided blueprints for freedom based upon these false narratives. Newsflash, King had guns and so did his deacons. And there were places, particularly in the South, that did not want him to to come to their towns without arming themselves because they knew that to be unsafe. Harriet Tubman wasn't making journey after journey towards freedom without her shotgun. And Nat Turner didn't burn down the plantation with signs and chants. Well, not your chants. Also, the Black Panther Party was more so for community than militancy. So it's important for us to reclaim our heroes and their stories, know them well, learn where they went right, learn where they went wrong, so that we can plan our 21st century blueprints for the future for our next generations in a way that pays homage to our heroes and our ancestors. Speaking of ancestors, in the spirit of this practice, I really need you all to stop bringing up ancestors when you want Black people to make decisions that are not in their best interest. First of all, I need you all to make up your minds because just a few years ago, you all were saying, I am not my ancestors, which was completely and utterly disrespectful because some of our ancestors had more guts and glory than we will ever have today with far less struggle. Now you're your ancestors' wildest dreams, but only every four years when you want all us black people to come together and vote for a raggedy candidate. Our ancestors deserve better than that, which brings me to practice three. Dare to manifest the life you deserve living. I'm going to say that again. Dare to manifest the life you deserve living. Basically, what I mean by that is dare to dream. And no, I don't mean MLK, I dream for the day my kids will play in the playground with them other kids one day. No, I mean dare to demand for the things that you deserve. 
Basically, black people, stop settling. From a political standpoint, you are the backbone of the Democratic Party and you deserve candidates from every branch coming out of that party to have your interests to the forefront. I don't want to hear any shit about, oh, we were strategizing to, to get the best candidate who could defeat Trump. Trash, you settled. Stop doing it. You deserve to go to the doctor without feeling like your life is at stake or your symptoms are not taken as seriously as they should be. You deserve health care that doesn't cost you the arm that you went in there to fix. You deserve education that didn't cost you thousands upon thousands of dollars. You deserve financial well-being. You deserve to build your communities without the interference of white oppression. And you deserve people in decision-making positions to give a damn about your concerns because contrary to propaganda, these things that I just mentioned, they are not not progressive. They are basic ass rights that you deserve every single day you wake up. So wake up and go get them and fight for them every single day, no matter who the fuck you voted for. Now I'm going to hop off my soapbox, step away from the podium so you all can marinate on my good, good sermon for this episode. Make another batch of this good, good coffee and segue into our second topic because I said the magic word, voting. So we're not monolithic creatures. And that's a good thing. I would I would be concerned if we were all on the same page. The universe, the most high, did not create us all to think and live the same. We all have different opinions on culture and how that is to be expressed. We have different opinions on respectability politics. I myself hate them. We all have our different opinions on, you know, roles, specifically gender roles. I don't buy into them, but whatever. Some people do. Some black people love that stuff. And voting is no exception. We all vote differently for completely different reasons. And some of that is absolutely entertaining to me. So let's 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 get into some of the um, categories I've created for different black electorates. Let's start with the black Republicans. <laughs> I'm not trying to make a mockery out of them by any means. Necessarily, I just need to understand them a little bit better because while I do agree with them from the viewpoint that, you know, a lot of us should be acting like Janet Jackson with the Democrats. What the fuck have you done for me lately? They haven't done shit for you, black people, since 1965. So this blind loyalty that so many of us give them is 1000% undeserved, unwarranted, and quite frankly, taken for granted. And if we made a point to show them that our vote isn't guaranteed, it isn't automatically assumed that we prefer our racism in blue as opposed to red, that would force them to either address our concerns or rot. But that's where I hop off the boat with the black Republicans, because while they have succeeded in convincing me not to vote Democratic, they have yet to convince me to vote Republic. Because I don't know if you noticed from the past few seconds of listening to me, I don't like my racism in blue. I don't like it in red. I don't like it in purple. I don't like it in any color combination you got. I don't like it in muted colors, pastel. I don't like it in warm, rich colors. I don't like it in any of the colors. So voting Republican as a black person doesn't really make sense to me in that regard. Now, there's some black Republicans that are so due to moral concerns with the Democratic Party and I'm going to push back on that as well, because I feel that blackness, too, is a morality concern. And the Republicans have shown time and time again that blackness and morality and humanity are 
up for interpretation depending on the eye of the beholder. Then you have the black Republicans that are so because of their bank. Their piggy might be a little fat and, you know, they're not feeling this this trimming of that fat that the government be trying to do quarterly or annually, depending on how often they file their taxes. And while I'm working on manifesting such rich nigga problems, I still go back to prioritizing my blackness over anything else. So no, a Republican vote will never come from me. But I wish them well. No judgments, I swear. Although there is an elephant in the room, ironically enough, of anti-blackness, some internalized racism that I think runs heavily on that side of the black electorate that I think they should unpack. Hopefully one day they do. Let's talk a little bit about the second black electorate group, that being the black elders. You know them. You know them well. They're our parents, our grandparents that hate every single one of us millennials because we like avocado toast and, and don't see the need to wear suits every single day to work. The In My Day camp was absolutely terrified this election cycle and was doing everything they can to make sure that you, your mama and your cousin too, showed up to the election polls to vote for Biden. Mama and Papa Freeman are baby boomers and were thoroughly prepared to disown me, straight up disavow me, excommunicate me from the family if I pulled what I pulled in 2016, which is tea for another episode. Despite them getting on my nerves left, right, and sideways as a millennial, I do show grace to Black elders in this sense. You know, they lived through the resumes of some of those presidents I rolled off. So for them, Trump was raising all kind of red flags and they had been ringing the alarm for at least five years now. So this was their opportunity to line up, social distance, put on that mask, get out there and, and, and hit that button for Biden. Also, they want to make sure they get their social security, they get their health care, and they stimulus. So I totally understand. No judgments. Let's get into number three of the black electorates. The black progressives. The we demand a new day Negroes that I guess if I had to be pushed into you know a box, that would be me. We have our lovable side. We have our problematic side. Um, let's expand upon both of them. We're the dreamers and the visionaries and the strategists, the organizers who work our asses off to drag our people in this country to a more liberated state, which is our positive. Now, our negative is that we can be pretentious as hell and come in a room full of normal ass people, your mama, them, TT, uncle, grandma, with your little masters and doctorates and political science and women's studies with your seven syllable words and then get mad when none of them understand or even care at this point what the fuck you had to say. Now you mad and don't want to talk to nobody unless they think and act like you, you know, just totally burn that bridge of communication to all the people that you need at some point to push progress through. So as black progressives, we need to figure out a way to get our black elders, to get the black Republicans, to get the other electorate that we'll get into shortly on the same page with us in layman terms that everybody can understand. Also, similar to our Caucasian counterparts, we too need to hop off this fantasy of the perfect candidate. Everybody got skeletons in their closet 
including you. So let's read their resume and see what we can live with and what we can't and move forward. Which brings us to our last and certainly not least, dare I say my favorite black electorate of 2020, the anybody but Trump camp. For this pocket of black people, it did not matter who the hell was on the ballot. It could have been Kanye. It could have been independents. It could have been libertarians. It could have been Regine, Khadijah, and Sinclair. It does not matter as long as it wasn't Trump. Dorothy and Toto could have been on the ballot and y'all would have clicked your heels three times in the voting booth. Now, of course, I'm exaggerating with all these women that I've referenced because this pocket of black electorates, as as well as the black elders, black people in general, I'm put all in there. We, we all on this boat. Boat with our feelings and biases as opposed to the actual policies that the candidates are for and against. So what that means is that this pocket of, of black electorates chose a candidate that they felt would go toe-to-toe with Orange Face, a.k.a. they settled. I don't care how you try to sell it to me. You settled. I'm going to take this moment to have an Elizabeth Warren rant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, because she ain't never put you Negroes in jail. She wants to help you with your student loan debt. And she had a plan. Her only crime against humanity was saying that she had Indian in her blood. And quite frankly, you Negroes say you have Indian in your blood every time you use mane and tail in your hair. So I fail to see the problem here. Of course, I understand the problem. But my point is, if that is her only crime against the world, then damn it, I'll take it. As opposed to the guy that you voted for, who I don't know, has multiple sexual assault allegations against him. But you, anybody but Trump camp, when it's somebody who could go toe to toe with orange face, you know, that is your excuse that you're using to hide your sexism behind. So no judgments. I just hope your strategy of replacing one mediocre old white male for another pays off. I I truly, truly do. Although I, I don't think it will. I foresee plenty of episodes where I point out to you that it didn't. But again, no judgments. In fact, I am proud of every single black person that got up and voted for whatever reason that you voted, whether it be to see the fall of Trump or some false proclamation of your ancestors or, you know, just to serve what you feel is your civic duty as a citizen of this country. I am proud of the numbers in which we showed up. We broke records. We flipped states. Absolutely proud. Now our task is to support each other like we supported this raggedy candidate. Last but certainly not least for today, it's Buy From A Black Woman Month. The Most High knows the Democratic Party owes black women a whole round and applause and then some. So let's do that one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. You're welcome. You're far too kind. Far, far too kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. One more time. You are very, very welcome. From birthing nations to sparking revolutions, black women have done more than their fair share of uplifting their people and their country, which means it's time for y'all to pay up, shawty. Mm-hmm. Them invoices is past due. I think I speak for all of us when I say, show me the money. Now is the time to pay your mama's electric bill. Go and give your baby mama some coins. Flip it on your grandma and slide a couple 20s in her hand, shawty. Okay, you see your sister over there trying to start her nail shop. Go on and start her GoFundMe. I'm just saying, support the women that support you. 
I mean, you're listening to me, so you're already on to a good start. But if you want to take it a step further, grab your computer and go to www.buyfromablackwoman.org to support black women business owners. Buy from a Black Woman is a 501c3 that ensures that black women business owners have the tools and the resources that they need that will allow them to be successful. They have educational programs, they provide funding, and they have an online directory for you to find these fabulous black business owners and support their businesses. Now, I like to practice what I preach. So I went down to good old buyfromablackwoman.org Click that directory button. I skimmed through those categories until I found drink and food. And then I found two dough girls. Hallelujah. Because I needed me some good, good desserts to go with my good, good coffee. Two dough girls, dough as in D-O-U-G-H, is an all-natural sister baking duo that specializes in healthier twists on your favorite classics. They work to um, erase the stigma that better for you won't taste good. And let me tell you something. They work their asses off at this effort. These these cookies and brownies that I ordered are fucking fantastic. I got the black magic brownies and they were magical. I also got the Southern Comfort cookies and mm, they were just so beautifully Southern. Please go to twodoughgirls.com and treat yourself. You deserve it. Even if you don't deserve it, go get some anyway. They deliver and if you're close enough, they'll bring it right to your doorstep. So what did we learn today, children? Well, one, we learned that whether it had been orange face or blue tail in office and, you know, the red party or the blue party in control of the House and the Senate, your work, black people, is freedom work. And it doesn't matter who's in the office or in power for that. Number two, no matter what voting category you fall into, whether you are a black republic or a black elder or a progressive or anybody but Trump individual, you are all worth celebrating. What you all did on November 3rd was remarkable and historical and, you know, nothing short of black excellence. So kudos to all of you. And last but not least, three, it is Buy From A Black Woman Month. So get your ass up and go support a black woman. If you are a black woman, support yourself. Go treat yourself. Go do something good and beautiful for you. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Adamari Sips. Once more, that Patreon is a coming because this ish ain't free. So until next week, boys and girls, and all the beauty in between, and remember, by any means necessary, Amari out.